What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm Shelly Metling, and I've been sharing my infertility journey openly on YouTube for about a year now. With four losses ourselves and one rainbow baby on the way, I wanted a platform for you babes to share your stories. So girl, sit back, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry, because we are about to get real on the ins and outs of pregnancy loss in the 21st century. Hello, everyone. We have Alyssa Rosam on the call today. I'm so excited. She is here to share her story, and we're just going to jump right into it. So, Alyssa, I am going to toss it your way and start wherever you would like. Awesome. Okay. So, um... I was married January of 2011, and um, my husband and I were really young. We were like, he had just turned 20, and I was 21, and we just went for it, and we just knew it would work out, and everything's been great. Um, we just, like, were married for a year, and then we kind of started entertaining the idea of, of having kids, and um, in that time, we kind of moved across the country and we kind of settled into like what we hope is our um, lifelong career. So once we, that kind of settled down, then it was like, okay, well let's, let's just start trying. Right. So um, we were able to get pregnant really quick with our first, which uh, even like, I mean, this is in hindsight now, but at the time, you don't know what kind of a blessing that is until that isn't the case when that isn't the case for everybody. But we were able to um, quickly and um, it was a really normal pregnancy, really easy. Like I was very um, spoiled. Like it was just a little bit too easy probably. (laughs) And um, we, yeah, everything was normal. And then at 38 weeks I was induced they were concerned about pre it's fine. And um, you, cut out, you cut out for just a second. Did, oh. you say, did you say preeclampsia? Yes. Okay. Shoot. Sorry. No, that's okay. That's okay. That's I, I thought that's where you were going with it. And I heard like the P and then it cut out. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, that's the exact same thing that happened to me too. Oh, okay. At okay. 38 weeks. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah. So they induced me and, um, Everything was like pretty normal for the first little while, but the doctors, after a few hours, like my pain started to get really bad, but it was just a constant pain. So I didn't think like, oh, I'm in like full on labor or anything yet. But the doctor came in and she's like, Alyssa, we have a little bit of a problem. She's like, your uterus is ready to push. Like you don't have contractions anymore because like there's no time between your contractions. He's like, but then she said, but you're only a couple of centimeters dilated, like you're not physically able to deliver yet, but your uterus is convinced it's time. So she said, we need to shut this down. So they gave me an epidural to slow things down and that stopped everything. And then one crazy thing kind of led to another and I eventually ended up having an emergency C-section. And yeah, so we had a boy, everything was pretty good. We were in the hospital for a few days and then we went home. And when our son was, how old was he? Nine days old, we got a call from Sick Kids. So I'm just like an hour and a half away from Toronto in Canada, and Sick Kids is like the 
children's hospital in our country, really. And so we got a call and they said, oh, we need you to come. We've had, um, we've got some results from your newborn screening. And quick question, how does, how does, do you guys get newborns? Like, I don't know how it works in the U.S. I'm sure you do. But for us, our newborn screening is optional. When they're 24 hours, 24 hours old, they do a quick foot prick and baby's foot and do testing. How does that work for you guys? I don't think I was given the option. I think they just did it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Actually, because I do just want to put in a little plug here that just do it. Um, yeah. Because for us, we did it. Like for me, that's a no brainer. Like, why wouldn't you? But some people would opt not to. They don't want to see their little babies crying. And Maybe they did give me the option. I, don't, I, I honestly don't remember. But I'm somebody who would just be like, yep, yeah, do it. Like, if that's what's yeah. best, do it. You know, like I completely exactly. trust the doctors. So Yeah. Yeah. And do that. Um, because for us, like, for the first nine days of our baby's life, we're like, oh, we're so healthy and, and everything's wonderful. And we actually, we did that optional foot prick, got a phone call and we went down to the children's hospital and our son ends up having a really rare condition where his body can't break down protein. So he's really healthy now, like he's six years old, but um, he has like quite a different lifestyle than anybody else. It's a very restricted diet, takes medication, couple times a day and he's just the happiest guy amazing quality of life he's fine but at the beginning you're just like oh my goodness what is happening especially with your first baby too right yeah um so yeah so after about when he was nine months old it was like okay like I think we have a good grasp on life now and all figured out and we always wanted kids kind of close in age so we decided to start trying again and that came fairly easy to us as well um, and we were pregnant pretty quick <clears throat> and it was also a very normal, no, it's not even a normal pregnancy. Like, I think it's just, I don't know. Sometimes I feel bad with those pregnancies cause they were just, I only knew I was pregnant cause I was jumbo, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I, looking back, I appreciate that time obviously, but, um, yeah, so really normal pregnancy and with our, because we knew that our first born had this condition we were able to do an amniocentesis some people know what it is but basically it's just maybe most people but in case you don't it's just like a jumbo needle that goes in and they just take um, a sample of your amniotic fluid so so we were able to do that um, so that we could know ahead of time whether our second would have the same condition because the sooner you treat, the better the outcome. And, and it just, we wanted to know ahead of time, like, oh, what does life look like with or without? Um, so, yeah, so we did the test. Everything came back normal. And our second does not have the condition. Um, and then, yeah, it was like, after that, it was like a really busy few years. Because <laughs> they were only 18 months apart. So we had been open to having more kids, but it was it wasn't off the table, but it was just like on a back burner a little bit. Right. Um, but yeah, a little while ago, we'd kind of decided, Oh, like life feels a little bit less chaotic and just like imagining what your life would be with like your two little boys getting to be a sibling to a baby and, you know, just imagining that being that family of five. So, um, so yeah, we decided that we wanted to try again 
Something that was a little bit different this time was um, a year and a half before that point, I found out that I have endometriosis. So um, that can reduce your chances of conceiving by 30 to 40%. So we kind of went into it being like, we're going to try, like, let's just keep this fun. And if it works for us, like, that'd be the most amazing thing. But I didn't want to... I didn't want to go in with too high of expectations because I didn't want to be heartbroken, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So we started trying, and again, it was like it was immediate that I that I became pregnant, and um, it was a really big shock for like all of our family and friends because there is a gap. Like our youngest is four, and everyone maybe had... kind of expected like, oh, they're done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it was a shock and. Yeah, it was probably like one of the more fun ones to announce because because it was so unexpected. because it wasn't expected yeah. for everybody else. Like we were trying, but we didn't tell anybody else because we knew our chances were maybe lower, and so we kept it kind of quiet until we were announcing. And um, yeah, so <laughs> beginning of the pregnancy, I feel was like real pregnancy. Like I knew I would had been so spoiled with my boys because I was like sick. And I don't know, I think I just felt all the things at that point, which, which was good. I probably deserved to feel a little bit of the, the real life, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so everything went really smoothly. Um, like everything was really normal. So we had our first ultrasound was at 11 weeks. Everything came back fine. And then again, with this baby, um, we opted to have the amniocentesis again, just so we could be prepared and, and be ready to treat baby once born. And so we had that, we had that done at um, 17 weeks. And so with, with that, we were, we were um, downtown Toronto, because they have like, there is risk with this procedure. And it's kind of like their higher it's the better hospital to be going to for that kind of thing, even though risk is low, but there's still risk. Right. And so, um, yeah, so we had our appointment and everything was fine. And the doctor said to us like, Oh, look, there's your healthy baby, happy, healthy and bouncy. And, and, um, yeah, so we had that done and we went home and then we noticed on our calendar that we had, um, an ultrasound coming up and to us like of course any ultrasound or chance to see your baby is like you know something that you're expecting of maybe a little bit anxious about that kind of thing but um it kind of just crept up on the calendar for us because there was so much weight behind the amniocentesis and and you know it was a procedure and it was just it's just a little bit more stressful than a than just an ultrasound so yeah so it kind of just crept up on the calendar um, and thankfully, like we were both able to go to it and we get there and, um, I didn't even know it was like the anatomy scan. So I didn't know it was going to be like a full hour. So they said, Oh, your husband can just wait in the waiting room and we'll get him near the end. And you can all like, take a look at the baby. And I was like, okay, great. Were you already then, like 20 weeks at that point then? So, I, okay. So that's the thing. I was 18 weeks actually. Okay. And, and the, um, ultrasound tech said to me she's like that's a little early for you to be coming in for your um your anatomy scan and yeah anyway it's actually in hindsight it's kind of neat because um we were supposed to be leaving for Florida like 
um, like two days from that point. And so in hindsight, like I'm so thankful that we had our appointment prior because a lot of things could have gone wrong on vacation and out of country. Um, but yeah, so 18 weeks and um, they started the ultrasound and normally, normally I'm like, is everything okay? Does everything look good? But in my mind, I'm like, oh, I just saw the baby six days ago and this is the anatomy skin and I should let them just do their work before I get all, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm just like trying to not be nervous. And I felt pretty good about it anyway. Um, and then, yeah, so they do the scan and it was just like really calm and relaxing and it was dark and I almost like wanted to have a little nap because it was just so <laughs> nice and quiet. <laughs> and um, the ultrasound is here there, but nothing like nothing that it was just like chit chat really. And then probably 15 minutes in, she said, okay, I'm going to go get the radiologist. And, and um, that's normal. So like at this 20 weeks, it wasn't 20 weeks, but at the anatomy scan, the radiologist always comes in and takes a look anyway. So she said, I'm going to go get the radiologist and we'll be back in. And she said, if you want to go get your husband, you can. And I said, oh, already? And she said, well, she's like, <laughs> <laughs> your dog wants to jump on <laughs> yeah that's right um but yeah she said I said oh already and she said well she's like actually she's like she's like yeah well he can just come in while the radiologist is here and then if we need to do more later on we can I thought okay that's fine so I go and get him and and then the radiologist comes in and we're just sitting there and she turns on the Uh, machine and I'm like so excited because I was holding everything in for 15 minutes and just like so excited to see baby she turns the screen on for maybe 10 seconds and turns it off and like immediately that was like I was that was the first sign for me where I was like something what's happening that's not right and so she just kind of like taps my leg and she just says she's like Alyssa she's like I'm so sorry. She's like, there's no heartbeat and there's no amniotic fluid. And I'm just like, well, I'm like, well, is that really? Like we saw baby six days ago. It has to like, maybe, I mean, really? And she's like, I know, I know that this must be so hard for you because, because you just saw baby six days ago. She's like, but your baby's gone and I'm really sorry. And she said all these like, things you don't really remember but you know they were nice (laughs) yeah and um yeah and we were shocked like normally I'm a very composed person and um and like I just I just like started crying like a lot because it was it was just a shock and it just didn't make sense and all this and so um yeah so She said, take your time, and when you're ready, you can go down to the maternity ward because the OB on call wants to see you right away. So we're like, okay. So they gave us a few minutes, and they were great. They were really, really good. Um, So we just took a few minutes, and then we went down to the maternity ward. And, like, it was so much a process. Like, I almost didn't even really think that it was for real. And I go in there, and I'm, like, from quite a small town so normally the maternity ward is pretty quiet I mean it's loud but there's not a lot of people in there and so but it was like completely full of course and um 
So I go up to the nurse's desk and I was like, what am I going to say? Like, how do I, like, I'm just going to burst into tears if I say something, you know? And so I just said, um, we were sent down from ultrasound in the, cause the obstetrician wants to see us and they just knew immediately like who we were. So, um, after having a couple of conversations, um, we'd all decided that I would be induced the next morning. So they said, just go home and just take time to process everything and then come back early in the morning and we'll kind of get things going. So we go home and like, I did not sleep at all that night. And um, yeah, so get up, go there. I think we're there at like 7.30 and um, the doctor came in and he gave me the first dose of, um, of inducing me. And so, um, it was kind of nice because I, I already knew him, like he did the C-section for my second. So it was kind of nice having that familiar face. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So that we did the first dose and we were in kind of like a side room, um, for the beginning and then they said oh once things get going then we'll move you over to to a different room and so a couple hours in um they moved us over and so for the beginning of the morning I was like so matter of fact like I was so composed I had a I kept it all together and like I think I just didn't allow myself to feel the things yet and so it was just like very like I don't know just I just had it all together I thought right so we go into this um, room and, and our maternity ward is set up so nice. And I'm sure others are too, but um, it's like a private room with a bathroom and, and the room like turns into a delivery room. And um, like, there's no nursery there. You just kind of, there's, it's just, you just kind of like live as a little family in this private room. And so, which is really nice. And so um, we got moved into this room and it was like the tiniest thing that like hit me. And I don't think anybody except me would have ever noticed this happening. But when we got into our room, the, you know, those like baby carts, like as soon as your baby's born, they like take them over and have the light on, check their vitals, that kind of thing. Um, She unplugged it from the wall and she pushed it out of the room. And like, that was the point where it was like, oh, like, okay, this is really happening. Like, I'm in a maternity ward. I'm I'm gonna like I'm induced. I'm gonna feel the contractions. I'm gonna feel all the normal pain of a normal pregnant delivering woman. I'm gonna deliver this baby and then I'm gonna leave with nothing. Right. And that's when it hit me. Like that's when the emotion kind of started to register. And uh yeah, it was yeah, it it was a process and and for the beginning of the morning, it was very slow. So it was just, it kind of got to a point where you're like, oh, like, come on, let's just, let's just do this. Right. Like, yeah. And um, yeah, they gave me a second dose kind of around lunchtime and things really started to pick up then. And um, yeah, the pain was like getting really bad. And as time went on, like with each contraction, I felt like, I felt like you're kind of your heart's breaking a little bit more each time, right? Like it's, you have to get stronger to brace these contractions, but like you, you just feel like you're getting weaker with it. Right. Yeah. And um, yeah. So there came a point where, because I'd been induced with my first, 
like what I, I never delivered naturally with either of my boys. So I really didn't, I really had no idea what I was doing. Um, and, but there was a point in the induction where it was like, okay, this is how far I came in the pain with my first. And beyond that is just kind of, I have no idea. Right. So my pain started to get, um, started to get like really intense and it was like far beyond what I'd experienced, um, previously. And so, um, my husband went out to the nurse's station and he said, I'm going to tell you this because I know my wife won't tell you, but she's in a lot of pain and I think that she needs to get checked out. And, oh, like my husband was so amazing through this whole process. Like I always, when people ask, I always just say like, he, he was far enough away that I didn't punch him. (laughs) <laughs> but he was, <laughs> but but he was close enough that I didn't feel alone. And I mean, it has to be hard to know how to what kind manage of space, that. Totally. Even even in even in normal pregnancy and delivery, like how do you how are you there without being too in their face? Anyway, he did a great job. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but he yeah. So he went and got the nurse. So the nurse came in and she said, "I'm really sorry, but I can't I can't do an exam." And I was like what do you mean you can't do an exam? And I was, and then I started to get worried because I was like, what if, what if my uterus is ready to push, but my body's not like, what if we're redoing this? But there isn't a concern now, right? Because we'd lost baby already. So there wasn't a concern of blood supply or, or yeah. And so I was like, what if I'm here doing this for days? Like what's going to happen? So, um, I think when she came into the room, she kind of saw like how bad my pain was and, and just some of like the signs that maybe she is getting close. Right. So um, the one nurse gave me an IV, which was so hard to sit still because like my my pain was so bad. And, um, and the other nurse was um, preparing like a cart with like surgical tools and I don't know, all these different things that they don't need, but they're just there in case. Right. And so, um, so she comes at me and she sits down on the bed with me and part of me, part of me was in denial. One, just because like, is this really my life? And two, um, two, part of me was convinced that like, okay, Alyssa, like brace this pain because you're going to do it for days. Like you have to be ready. You don't know how, when. Right. So she sat down and she said, Alyssa, um we I think you're ready we need to see and I'm like no we don't so what she told me she said the reason they couldn't do an exam was because um I guess when you're delivering baby they obviously want it to come out in the full sack and they're concerned that if you rupture the membranes that the placenta won't come shortly after and then they would have to do a dnc and so she said we don't want to rupture the membrane so and she came and sat beside me and said, oh, I'm going to look. Then I was like, oh, no, like, we can't. Like, we have to wait. And, and she just looks at me. And she's like, Alyssa, she's like, I think you're ready. I'm going to look. And and we'll go from there. And so I said, okay. So she looks and she says, um, she's like, okay, Alyssa. She's like, your baby's here. She's like, push with your contractions when you're ready. And that was like, that was the moment. Like, that was the time where it was like, it was such a weird feeling because it was because I mean, of course, like our baby was already gone, but at the same time, it was like, 
I have to push so that this happens. And like, when I push, I'm basically like making this our new life and this is real. And, you know, all those kinds of things. There's like a really, a really interesting part that your mind plays when you're trying to go through this, I guess, which everybody I'm sure absolutely would relate to. Um, and so it didn't take a lot of pushing. It was just a couple of pushes and, um, and the baby was out and, um, and the baby came in the sack. So, so we talked ahead of time to the nurse on what we kind of wanted to, to do after that point. And, um, so they took the baby and, um, they inspected a bunch of stuff because they didn't know why this happened. Right. And so they did a couple of, um, a couple of things and, and then, um, we had a chance to, to hold our baby. So it was a boy and we named him Tucker and, uh, yeah, we had a chance to hold him and like, that was honestly the hardest thing that I've done, but it was like, it was the most, uh, I don't know. It, I've never been in a certain situation in my life like this, where I've been forced to, to face all of the emotion as things are happening. And um, yeah, so it was like, it was so amazing that we were able to hold him. And I know that for a lot of people that do a DNC or um, miscarry a little bit early on, that's not always an option. And it was just such a, such a blessing that we were able to um, just be able to do that. And, and for me, I always thought it was strange with my C-sections that like there's this big sheet up and you can't feel anything. And then all of a sudden somebody brings a baby and it's like, oh, this is your baby. And you're like, cool. Like, (laughs) (laughs) right. Really, like somebody could have switched it and I wouldn't have known. Right. Like, so I always thought it was kind of weird, but like somebody just hands you a baby and it's yours and you didn't really get to see that birth. And, And so it was just such a special time that we were able to have with them and, and just like a really tangible way to kind of face the emotion of the day and um, kind of like, I don't know, just face it and just have a chance to like actually say goodbye physically. And yeah, it was, yeah, it was. Did they, do they give you an option to do a DNC when you're that far along? Um, they didn't for me. Okay. Um, if I had had, I mean, I have not had a DNC, so obviously I don't know. I don't know necessarily what, I don't know what, it, what that would be what like. What it but, really entails, yeah. Yeah, but for me, after having been through it, like, I'm really thankful that I did it the way that I did it. I feel like it was, I feel like I put myself through a lot of heartache doing it that way, but I feel like it's just been, um, Do you feel just, like you got a little closure out of it too, yeah, though? Yeah. For sure, right? Yeah. It's a, clo- yeah, it's a closure thing and just like, yeah. Yeah. It was like I had to choose. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. You can say yeah. this part. Yeah. No, just... I, I completely <laughs> understand what you're saying. Did you, this might be like too personal of a question, no, but did no. you guys like do a funeral or like, did you do any service like that? Or so, how does that work? So we didn't. So we were 18 weeks when your 20 weeks are over. That's when, um, I mean, I don't really know the law, but I've heard that you, that you have to, do something like you definitely have a death certificate and all that kind of stuff. And, and you're like acknowledging the life and um, all that for us. Oh, like we were given the option, but it was, 
it was such a whirlwind of a day that I, I literally didn't know. Like to myself, I'm thinking like, I, I cannot call a funeral home and try to arrange something and I can't, you know. And so sometimes I look back and it's like, I wish, no. Sometimes I just wonder like, if I'd been in the mindset then that I am now, would I have done something different? And I try not to think that way because, you know, like, I try not to think that way. But, but yeah, there were, there well, were options. You did in but the moment is like, what was right? You know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And yeah, so we, so we didn't have a funeral. And um, yeah, we didn't do too much after we just kind of spent our time with him in our in our hospital room and said our goodbyes there. And mm-hmm. yeah. And that was that. But yeah. So when was that? So this was like March 27th was the day I delivered. So just over a month. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Super fresh. Yeah. How are you doing now? Like, where are you at right now? Emotionally. I'm doing doing pretty good. Like, day of. The tricky thing, um, probably a week after a week after I like all of a sudden had this thing where it was like, I need to know what went wrong. Like I need to know. And, um, we had, we had like a really thorough, um, pathology test that we got back and everything came back clear. And a big concern of mine was the, um, was the amniocentesis that we had because I had no amniotic fluid and, and it happened like shortly after that. And so like, I was really starting to feel the guilt of like, oh my goodness, I knew the risk and, and I did it anyway. And what if this is because of that? Right. But, um, we didn't really get a lot of answers with our results, but we were able to weed some things out. So they did say that, um, because of how the placenta looked and the sack and, um, there being like no blood or something in the sack, that um that they didn't feel it was from the amnio and the, and there were a few different specifics like that with the pathology test that it was like okay it couldn't be from this or this or this and the other interesting thing was that because our son has this condition they store a lot of things so they have like sometimes i wonder <laughs> if, if that's smart but they have like my blood my husband's blood our kids blood and amniotic fluid for my second and they just store all that stuff because it's like it really is quite a it's so rare it affects like 10 in 1 million so it's it's a very they use that stuff for research so they had extra amniotic fluid from this baby and so they said do you want us to send it off originally when we had um originally when we had done the testing we wanted to know about the condition and then I said oh let's just look into like the large or like the major um chromosome abnormalities but but our purpose in doing it wasn't to find out what was you know I didn't want to I don't know I just was really wanting to know about the condition I didn't really need to know about the rest um but after this happened I was kind of like maybe I do want to know now and thankfully they did have a lot of fluid and um they had yeah they had it stored so so they sent it off for testing and, and I just found out early this week that, um, or sorry, late last week that everything was normal. And she said for, for most people, she's like, this is like, 
the best news that they're looking for. She said, I'm sorry if this isn't bringing you any closure because it's really no answer for you. But, but at the same time, and this is running back to kind of where I am emotionally is that um, we don't really have answers about what went wrong. But I remember like the day of the strangest thing, our doctor was like, I don't even think I delivered the baby yet. And he's like, try immediately for more, do it immediately. And I'm just thinking like, you are a crazy person. I am never having more, like, I'm never doing this again. I'm <laughs> sorry. He was really nice. Like, he's great. But I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just like, are you really talking to me about having more children when I haven't even birthed my, you know, this baby? And I think anyway, he was just trying to give me hope. But in the moment, I'm just like, I don't want to do this again. Right? Yeah. So emotionally, I'm just, I'm at a point where like, my heart is a little bit more open to that. And all of these results of like, oh, nothing is wrong. This should have been perfectly fine. And for some reason, it wasn't. That just gives me hope that, you know, if we if we eventually ever do go to try again, that that there isn't an underlying issue. So there's there's hope that we can see in that. And I bet you're kind of in this like weird state of like, you never want to go through this again. But at the same time, you envisioned yourself now as a family of five, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of the thing. Like it is still fresh. And so like when my husband and I have conversations, he's like, I'm not, because the thing is like, we were trying, like we wanted to be a family of five. Right. So it's that part of me that is like, this is what you wanted. Like, just because this has happened doesn't mean you can't try again. Right. And, and, and he thinks of that mindset too. But he also is, he's always been like that. Um, oh, what do you call that? That voice, that uh, voice of reason where, where he's like, I am not opposed to trying again, but I just, we should just give it time so that it doesn't feel like we're filling a void, but that we're ready emotionally to, you know, that there's a difference. Right. So, yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. You never know. I'm more open to it than I was. And it was, yeah, we'll see. It was, um, it was kind of hard talking to our kids about it because they were like four and six and I was 18 weeks and, and like every, everyone knew. And it was, we posted it on like Facebook and all that. And so um, yeah, with our boys, it was like really interesting kind of talking to them and just seeing how both of them process it because they're young, but like they're old enough to kind of understand. And so, yeah, it's been so interesting seeing them because our oldest, he's always had like such a concern for others. So for the longest time, it was like, he just wanted me to be okay. And um, with my youngest, like he is not as afraid to kind of um, like vocalize his emotion. So it's been like really bittersweet and special like with him because he'll say things like, oh, I miss the baby and oh, I just wanted to hug him and like all these really precious things. And yeah, yeah, that's, that's something. Yeah. But I'm like, you're so strong. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, there's these things though, where um, I've noticed that I'm that I'm like three different, I have three different ways that I deal with it. I'm either 
like really composed. Like this is the me that you would have met at the hospital first thing in the morning, right? Like I um, just like really matter of fact and like I have a story and a telling story, but it's not, you know. And then there's the me that is that just kind of like soaks in the emotion more. And um, yeah, so. And the other one, I just like kind of, I don't know. I make jokes that most people would not find funny. I do but the I just... same thing. <laughs> I do the exact same yeah. thing. I'm, yeah. I'm somebody who I'm very, I'm very much like you where I'm kind of like, I, I come off very strong and like, like I, I'm telling the story and uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. And like yeah. So my family had like a really hard time with that side of me because they yeah I think they wanted to see the emotion and I actually yeah. shared my emotion via my YouTube channel <laughs> very weird but actually I was, yeah I was by myself you know what I mean yeah like yeah technically I was sharing my story but I was sharing it by myself and I didn't have to post it if I didn't want to and I didn't you right. know and it was yeah very, it was a very different side of me yeah and it was interesting like just a couple days ago um I was just like talking to my husband. He's like, are you sure you're ready to do this? And then I didn't even have to answer the question for him. He's like, oh, wait, no, you'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I mean, it's still like it is still fresh. And like, it's still it's still it's still such a loss. And and I'm like a firm believer in that. Like, I totally believe that there's purpose in the things that happen in your life. And Mm -hmm. Even if I don't know what that purpose is, I don't know. I just have to learn to not know maybe. But um, I don't know. Maybe if I can just help one person or something like that. Because it is crazy. Like, it is crazy how many people come up to you when they've heard and they're like, oh, I've had a miscarriage. And it Mm -hmm. is totally something that's not talked about enough. And and it's very lonely, you know, Even, even when you're completely surrounded by by your family and friends and they're so supportive it just it just feels like people don't know what you're feeling you know yeah for sure but yeah completely agree well I'm so proud of you and I mean this definitely if you're searching for that purpose which like I know I was I talk about it all the time but this did give purpose and you're helping so many people with your story Uh Um, and there's people who are in a very similar position as you who are out there searching on the internet for you know not to feel so lonely and you just gave them that so and that's where I was too right and so I think and and yeah and that's just something that I want to mention to you too is that you know, if, if I can have a little bit of purpose in helping one person, like, oh, man, the amount of people that you've reached is is amazing. And um, and okay, this is like an interesting question, a little bit off topic, is that like, I mean, I think it takes a lot of courage to share your loss and like multiple losses, too. But um, was it hard to share like your success? You know, like you have yes. a podcast for miscarriage and now you're, you know, because I, I had two healthy children before and like, I think I was sympathetic and loving towards people that have had lost before, but until you're in it, you literally have no idea. Right. Mm-hmm. So now I'm, I'm hypersensitive about like making sure that nobody's offended. And even, even telling my story, it was sometimes like, oh man, like, the people that that's gonna you know just like tugs a little bit at Mm -hmm. um I think no matter how anybody tells their story someone out there is going to be triggered by it 
And um, I am really careful, but I'm not perfect about it. And I, I know that like the success of my, you know, pregnancy, even though it was my fifth pregnancy, you know what I mean? Like, even though it was my fifth pregnancy, like I still know that that is hard for people because I, it was hard for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But I was going to say too, that like, that is like, so courageous of you that you would go on to share that and and I think the really cool thing about it is that like you do you do it with it's graceful like I I feel like it's so hard to not do that but I feel like you do it gracefully and I feel like most importantly what you bring is like um just hope and I think that that's what people need just as much just as much as they need somebody to relate to their pain they also need hope right yeah. And so, yeah, you do such oh, a great job with that. Thank you so much. Yeah. That's like the fun. best compliment ever. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it, <laughs> really sure it. <laughs> it really is. Because Aww. it is something that I worry about. And yeah, I would. It's something I'll always worry about. And I think that's actually a huge reason why I love this podcast so much, too, is because I'm able to continue to, like, yeah. you know, give that, yeah. like, comfort Relate without it both being ways. my story. Yeah. 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 Huh. So, oh, thank you so much, Alyssa. Oh, if if no there problem. is like one piece of advice that you would want to give somebody in a similar situation, what would it be? Well, okay. I kind of have two pieces. Okay. So, um, okay. I'm just trying to figure out the words exactly of how to do this. So in previous um, podcasts or just like anywhere that you look up something on about miscarriage and, and like Facebook groups or something like that, there's... I mean, it's so hard when, like, you have family or friends that's pregnant or struggling or, and, you know, you've had a loss and they're announcing their pregnancy or they're pregnant and had a baby. And um, I feel like, I feel like this opinion might be coming from a different perspective than the fact that I already have kids, right? So I, I do have, um, <clears throat> I don't have a lost hope, you know, which I'm, yeah, which is really such a blessing, but uh, um, <clears throat> but yeah, something that I would say is that I, I would encourage you to really try to separate your sad feelings from the happy feelings that you can have for other people. So for me, um, I was pregnant with some really close cousins and a few really good friends and, my one friend was due like three days after I delivered and and that was like a really hard place for me to be in because I didn't want my sadness to affect their happiness and and I didn't want my happiness for them to be like same way right Mm -hmm. um and I also had another friend who actually like works at the hospital where I delivered and and she was 30 weeks pregnant at the time and she would come up on her breaks and visit and was just like such a good support to me. She, she even brought me um, pads because I was, she stole pads from the hospital because I was worried that I was going to, it was going to take me so long to deliver that I would get home really late. And I didn't have, like, I wasn't prepared. (laughs) And so she like stole me hospital pads and, and brought them up to me. And I just think like for something like that, and actually like we just had her baby shower yesterday And, um, I just think that like, even though we're kind of living on opposite ends of the spectrum, I just think that like, it's, 
you know, she was there for a really important time of my life. And I can still be there for an important time of hers, even if it is on opposite ends, right? Like if, you know, you have to show up for those important people in your life, just like they did for me. And so, I mean, like, do I feel like, does part of me like miss being pregnant or like miss the part where it's like, oh, like it would be so nice to have what you have. Like, of of course, I think naturally you kind of feel that. But if you can just kind of just try to keep it, I don't know, a little bit separate. That's so hard. That's so easy to say and hard to do. Yeah. Um, but good but advice if you're able to. To have sure. an awareness of yeah. it. Um, uh-huh. My other thing, and this is like a really big thing for me, was that something that I was really afraid of after we lost the baby and went home was that like, there's a timeline in people's minds where you're where like, you're supposed to be fine. You know, where it's like, you have this much time. And then after that time, people just assume that like you've moved on and things are fine. And I was really afraid that that was going to happen. And uh, I think that that did happen for me, not because anybody was less loving or less caring, but just because, you know, you go back to work and you do your normal things and you take care of your family. And, and um, something that like I really learned, especially just with the process we had for our delivery was, um, just feel what you need to feel when you need to feel it. And, um, like do your best to not suppress any of your feelings and just like come by them honestly. And like, it's okay to struggle if people are going to be the way they sometimes might be like, that's their problem. Um, and, and even something for me was that like probably a week after my miscarriage, I was helping with, um, this big like fundraiser event and my one friend who also was helping she was like she came to me at the beginning of the week and she said oh are you okay to do this and I'm like oh yeah like because I'm not gonna say no like if I commit to something I'm doing it and um and it, it was like it was a it was a tricky week for me especially because I was so obsessed with like oh feel it when you need to feel it but I'm also very composed so I didn't I couldn't do that right so I always like during that week, I like cut out a time in my day where I'd have a bath at night. And I had, (laughs) I have this playlist that I listen to. It's amazing. (laughs) Some people are probably like, whoa, that's pretty, that's something. But I, it's, (laughs) it's good for me. And so I just play my playlist and I just lay in the bath and I just like allot myself that time to feel what I need to feel. And yeah, I don't know. I guess those are just I'm still kind of new at this too, right? Yeah, like, yeah. It's fresh, but I don't know. Yeah, I think that's great advice. If um, if somebody wants to reach out to you and just tell the, tell you their story yeah. or ask you a question or something like oh, that, sure. is Instagram the best way to do so? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, or Facebook. Like, doesn't matter, but okay. I'll or. I'll link yeah. your Instagram for sure. Okay, um, cool. in the description so that yeah. people can contact you if they'd like to but thank you so much Alyssa oh no problem I'm it was so my pleasure oh thanks so proud of you okay thank so you. we will keep in touch and thank you all right thanks a lot thank you so much for listening if you enjoyed this episode make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories take myself take my guest so that we can personally thank you. This is a lamb fam, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together.